Now's the time to come together. Uh, th this isn't the time mm -hmm. to hide our Christianity. It's not the time to hide our faith in Christ. It's the time to love one another in the body of Christ. It's the time to love one another who desperately need what only Jesus Christ can offer. And that is joy. And that is what we're talking about tonight. So, JoLynn, we're talking about joy. You obviously have joy. <laughs> You're obviously overflowing with joy. Your countenance is bright. You have a calling to equip people with joy. People get around you, and, and your joy is contagious. So we just assume that you have joy because everything has always gone according to plan, and it's been smooth selling, and it's been all downhill. Is that right? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's actually, I think, the, the way I found true joy was through my suffering. It, it's interesting because people ask me all the time, they're like, do you have to suffer to feel joy? And I'm like, not necessarily, but it's, it is part of the journey, I think, is, are the ups and the downs. And I think joy is what kind of calms the seas mm -hmm. for you a little bit. And so my life was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of um, just challenge of my human spirit. Wow. And joy is like the antidote, the medicine for that. So, so we're talking about joy. Um, joy can be, at first glance, uh, abstract, ethereal. So how, how would you define joy? Well, one of the ways I define joy is helping people understand the difference between happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people are like, what's the difference? Well, happiness comes from the word, mm -hmm. the root, happen, happenstance. Yes. So happiness is... It relies on external circumstances. Yes. And one thing I like to say is happiness is a mile wide and an inch deep. But joy is a mile wide and a mile deep. Yes. And so it comes, it's just this really internal source that we gain from believing mm -hmm. that God has everything under control. Yeah. That, he's, that everything's going to be okay. And it's something that can never be taken away. And so what's interesting is I find, I'm a life coach, as you know, and I find that people's pursuit of happiness is actually what makes them unhappy. Wow. And well so put. I think if we pursued this spiritual light of joy, then there's no, uh, there's no unhappy, unjoyful. Yeah. There's no <laughs> opposite yeah. to it. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow, well put. And that's why, you know, there's happy hour. There's a reason happy hour is called happy hour, because it only lasts <laughs> one hour. The pursuit of happiness is a fair-weathered friend. So why, why has joy captivated you? Because I haven't always felt joy. As a mm. matter of fact, when we reconnected several years ago, joy was a, a new feeling that had risen inside of me by just getting into the Word. Wow. And it was, I didn't know what it was. And I remember meeting you, you know, connecting with you again and saying, what is this feeling that I'm having? And wow. why am I feeling this spirit of God inside of me. And it was kind of frightening, yeah. I'll be honest. And I remember when I reached out to you, I was like, what's happening? And ever since you've been such an amazing friend and mentor. Um, but I think it's, I'm so fascinated by it because I want to break it down in a way that everyone can understand, even the pre-Christian, mm -hmm. because wow. we're all in this journey. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, you know, our jobs 
are to help people to the kingdom, not isolate them. Or, and so I just want to create, I wanted to put it in layperson's terms, maybe people who aren't reading the Bible yet, and mm-hmm. helping them kind of architect the path to joy. Yeah. Um, because it's just, um, I have endured things, alcoholism. I was mm. gang raped when I was 14 wow. by people in this community. And I still lived here, wow. and um, that resulted in alcoholism. I've had a DWI. I went to jail. I, when I like in 2009, guys, like this is not just a like spontaneous thing. Like I, so joy has been to to feel like this now, in spite of all of that pain, and just constantly being on my knees. Wow. Uh, it's like I just want to share that gift with wow. the world. So what would you say to someone who says, my heart has lost its song. My life is a waste. I am a failure. I am a disappointment. And they have no joy. And, you know, they would like to check out and give up. What, what would you say to such a person? Well, I mean, I've been there. Mm-hmm. So what got me out of the hole was surrendering. Wow. It was... I realized that my pain and my suffering, my mistakes, um, the darkness in my life was caused by me, my own ego, saying, I want it to be this way, and I control this aspect, and I, my destiny is my destiny, and I didn't have any sense of surrender, and I know that's a really foreign thing to think of. Like, oh, when life's so, going bad, to surrender? <laughs> so let's talk about that word surrender. You, you mentioned surrender being a pathway to joy, but some people might view surrender. That word surrender sounds like uh, we've been defeated. Mm. Surrender, we, we've given up. Surrender, we are weak, and we don't have any more fight left in us. But how would you define this surrender, and how is it a pathway to joy? Mm. Um, surrender is a letting go of the control of wow. to a higher power to our creator to the master of the universe to to humble yourself mm-hmm. to a point where you allow god to work on your behalf yeah. because it is true the ego is edging god out it's you, there's no way he's knocking on your door but he can't come in because you're you're not unlocking it yeah. and so all it is is saying look i'm going to let go of the idea that I can control everything. Mm-hmm. And that's all. And then just, and then the secondly, I would say to, I just randomly poured myself into the word. I had a Bible. I just cracked it open. And I think it's not a mistake that Psalms is right in the middle. Yes. And, and I just read, started with Psalms 55 and just kept reading and reading and reading. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I wasn't alone. So you mentioned a very dark season for mm. your life. Let me hear your thoughts on a handful of verses, okay? Okay. Psalm 51, one of the darkest times in David's life. He wrote many of the Psalms. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation, O God. What are your thoughts about that? My thoughts are that joy is a gift that we are born with. It, it was a part of us before we, you know, just in the very beginning. And, you know, when Jesus, and I am embrace joy even more because I know that Jesus died on the cross so that we could have joy. Wow. And I've even heard, and I'm not a, 
theologian or whatever, um, but I do understand that, that there might be a chance that Jesus even had a smile on his face when he was dying because yes. he knew of the gift of joy he was leaving us. Absolutely. And so that's the, what I think. For the joy that set before him, the Bible says, he endured the agony of the cross. He endured that suffering because he knew that joy was just on the other side and joy would be available to all to of countless. us. Yes. yes. All right. Another verse. Ecclesiastes, or the book of Proverbs, rather. A just man falls seven times and seven times rises again. What are your thoughts about that? Well, let's see. I would think that, um, I don't know, that one's tricky. A, a just man falls seven times and rises seven times. Yeah. I would just think that if we embrace and surrender and trust in God's favor on us, mm -hmm. that, that we understand and know that he has abundance and prosperity yeah. planned for us, yeah. that when we fall, we, we will rise again. Amen. Yeah, and Amen. I remember a real quick story. You had meant when we were talking about, maybe it was this verse, but you had written on a napkin for me. We were at La Playa Maya, I think. And you wrote this journey of, it was like a mountain. And you said, you know, you go up and then you might fall down a little bit, but you don't go all the way down again. And then you go up and then you might fall down a little bit, but you're still ascending yeah. to in your journey. Yeah, and, and that's it's because it's a relationship with Jesus. And I, I like the, the word picture of a little girl holding on to her dad's arm. He's walking. They come upon a, a mud puddle. He raises his arm, and her grip loosens, and she tramples across the mud. Mm. Another word picture. The same dad's walking with his little girl, but instead of her holding on to his arm, he's holding on to her arm. They come across the mud. He raises her arm. Her grip lets go. Maybe she holds on, but he has her arm and he carries her across. Yeah. And I love that because even when we do stumble, even when we do fall, we who are followers of Christ and have the spirit of Christ within us, we fall in Christ. It's like you mentioned your favorite city was L.A. I was shocked to hear it's not Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> You've been gone way too long. My goodness. I, for, I love Fort Worth, no doubt. But, it, you know, Los Angeles is so, it, it, it just has a different... Um, energy about it and yeah. it's so diverse and you know there's all walks of life and all different people and arts and all sorts of things and I love Paris too I almost forgot but. Uh, Fort Worth has art I've painted uh, yes. something <laughs> recently so you're in a plane to Los Angeles and say you, you're in the plane it's en route you stumble in the aisle of the plane you're still arriving to Los Angeles. And that's what it is to be in Christ and stumble. We're in Christ, but it's him who's carrying us yes. to our destination. That's right. All right. Another verse. Your thoughts. James chapter 1, verse 2. Count it pure joy mm. when you face trials of many kinds. Yes. Amen. I just, you know, that, just starting from that verse just takes you through the journey of why do we even have to experience trials? It's a question I get from a lot of people. Yeah. Um, whether they're Christian or secular or whatever, they're like, I don't understand this thing. Why do we have to suffer? And because our trials, and I, my, my father and I, who I, is probably watching, we have a little bit of a debate because he doesn't, he, he, he's like, God doesn't test us because he loves us. But the trials do. The trials allow us, if we can count all the trials joy, it just strengthens, it reminds us, it keeps us humble, it helps us remember that there are things bigger than us, and we need to 
embrace our Father, our Heavenly Father, to help us through those trials. And so I've got, I I like count it all joy because now, see, everything in life only means the meaning you assign to it in psychology terms. (laughs) So imagine if you had a trial and you saw it as an opportunity or maybe a little bit of a wake-up call that you need to realign yourself or check yourself spiritually and in your relationship with God. Yeah, and in fact, we were just talking about tests this morning. Um, the, the beautiful thing about God is in a test, we don't, we don't fail out of the family of God. He just keeps giving us a test until we pass that. Yes. Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. I love this passage. Weeping may endure for the night... But joy comes in the morning. What would you say Amen. to somebody who's uh, feels like their 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 best days are behind them? Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. I believe that every single morning, and I tell my friends, my clients, my followers, everybody this that every single morning we get a fresh start. Well, his mercies are new every morning. Yes, Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so um, so I think that you know while. We all are, we are, a lot of us are weeping morning, noon, and night, right? But if we also pray morning, noon, and night, then I believe that, you know, God's mercy um, helps us continue forward. But every day is a fresh day, every single day. There have been times that I have felt uh, despair in my heart. Mm. And I pray, Lord, if you're done with me, just take me home. And uh, I wake up in the morning and I check my pulse. (laughs) And I realize he's not done with me. Nope. And his mercies are new every single morning. Mm. Psalm chapter 4, verse 7. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Or when, when their economy is doing great, mm-hmm. you've put more joy in my heart. What does that stir to you? For me, I mean, it just stirred something in me now because I was able to... You can feel it, you know, mm-hmm. you can feel this sense of comfort and joy. And to me that, and I'm not even sure if this is accurate, but just hearing that says, in, regardless of what's happening in external circumstances, whether you're financially rich or financially poor, or somebody else has more than you have, you can still feel joy because yes. God's love is equal among all of us. Mm-hmm. And and that's why they say, you know, comparison is one of the thieves of joy. Is, well put. Yeah, so... Well put, and this this passage talks about people who's have have uh, hearts that are are light because their economy and their business is going great. But we can have joy that exceeds that, and, yeah. and it has nothing to do with the economy. It has nothing to do with who's in office, and it has everything to do with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And so there, there's a few more verses I would love to get your thoughts on, but... Yes, I'm ready. Let's keep going. Okay, this awesome. is fun. It's like verse <laughs> trivia. Let's do it. John 15, 11. I love this. A quintessential verse on joy. Here we go. Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What does this tell you about the heart of so I think that that is our purpose. You know, I used to think, people ask me all the time as a coach, like, Jolyn, could you just teach me my destiny? That's all I want to know. And they're like, 
but, you know, two months later, I haven't figured out my destiny. What's my purpose? What's my purpose? And I'm like, I'm trying to tell you, your purpose isn't a destination. It's, it's right here in the now. And how are you treating other people? Are you humble? Are you joyful? Are you sharing love? Are you embracing everybody equally? Are you loving people like Jesus loved people? And I believe that's our purpose. Wow. You know, I've, I've been a follower of Christ for many years, but if I neglect my relationship with Jesus because I just run ahead and serve him and I'm busy in ministry and getting things done, then it's just a matter of time before my joy evaporates. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll go into meetings or, heck, even preach sermons and try to, and try to put forward my, my, my best energetic disposition, but my heart has lost its song. And the Lord always brings me back to a place of brokenness, reminding me mm-hmm. that I can't do less on my own. I can do nothing on my own. And everything flows out of our relationship with Christ. So, so Jolyn, you, you mentioned a, a very painful season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned a season where the joy of the Lord was overflowing in your heart. What would you say to somebody who is still in that painful season right now and their heart has lost its song? How can they, how can they make the shift? How can they plug into joy? Mm-hmm. Well, first, I mentioned earlier is that this idea of letting go and to stop trying to do it all on your own. A lot of us will go into like this overactive, like knowledge seeking mode and we'll go try to learn all these things and get really uh, analytical, which pulls us away from our heart. It actually puts us more in our head. So number one, I would say just surrender emotionally, you know, let go and, and cry and discover your weakness because your weakness is actually your, your opportunity. Um, second, I would say, you know, joy comes to us through other Christians and through other people who have joy. And so if you might do a quick inventory of your immediate circle, your inner circle, because we become the average of the five people we surround ourselves with. And so I see a lot of people like, oh, I'm going to go hang around with a bunch of millionaires. But you don't know if those people have joy. (laughs) So you want to be with people who carry this uh, spirit of joy, this energy of joy. And, and you know it when you, when you find it. You can feel it. It just radiates. And so um, those are big. And then the word is our sword. It, um, you know, we are all in spiritual warfare. And I'm sure that's a whole nother Sunday night live here. But, you know, just putting on the armor of God. You know, so go read Ephesians 6. Am I right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm a... For me, my Bible is my sword. So yes. if I'm, I might be out of sorts like you have been, mm-hmm. or like you, if you're watching, you might be feeling out of sorts. And it might seem very cerebral when you first go read the Bible, but you will feel the spirit of God come out and touch you just through the word. Amen. You know, my, my wife and I just got back from Galveston, and uh, which Galveston Beach is so much more beautiful than... California beaches. <laughs> so we just got back from Galveston. And, you know, a, a significant aspect of the trip when I go to really any coast is driving up and down the coast, finding the spot that we're going to hang out. We're going to enjoy the water. We're going to enjoy the waves. And I'm just going to read and be renewed and refreshed. But I've realized one year that I spent too much time driving up and down the same coast because it's going to be the same ocean no matter where I'm at. And I say that to say... Sometimes the Bible can seem intimidating and daunting because it's, 
66 books all together, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. Where do you start? Listen, the Bible is living and active. And as Jolene said, sharper than a two-edged sword. So as long as you're in the Word anywhere, God can speak to you. God can give you the same Word in Genesis 12 as He can Romans 4. God can give you the same Word in Leviticus 16 as He can Matthew chapter 24. So the, the key is just to be in the Word every single day. And if you are diligent to be in the Word, God will be faithful to resuscitate you with a mm. promise and to yes. renew your spirit. Yes. And I have a testimony to share oh, awesome. about being in the Word. And that is, so this was probably oh, 2016. So I haven't always been, you know, like like this. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, um, but I had one of those moments where every everything went wrong. Like, I mean, financial, relationships, I mean, you name it, it went wrong. And the enemy attacks me through my finances because I have a long history in my just generational of financial stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's, otherwise I'm in pretty good shape, right? And so uh, I, that was the moment where I said, I can't do this anymore. And I was in a battle. I, I knew it. I felt it. I hadn't been open my Bible in years. Mm-hmm. And I just, I literally was on my knees, no joke. And I reached up and my Bible was there because I was raised. My dad raised me to always have my Bible on my nightstand. And I reached up and I grabbed it. And I literally prayed for us. I said, God, please tell me what you need me to hear. Mm-hmm. And I opened it. And it was Psalm 55, I believe. And it said, um, oh, I read the verse, and it said, oh, if I had the wings of a dove, mm-hmm. I would fly away. Yeah. And in that moment, I, everything stopped, and I just, I knew he heard me, because the night before, I had told my husband, I want, so when, you know, you just want to run when things are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to run away. And uh, mm-hmm. I literally said, Sometimes I wish I had wings so I could just fly away. And then I read that the next day. And all that said to me was, I hear you. I'm watching you. I'm with you always. And that was the turning moment for me that I never turned back from that moment. I love that. That reminds me of the passage when Nathaniel came to Jesus. And Jesus said, ah, a true Israelite. So Nathaniel's like, how did this guy size me up? How does he know me? in whom there is no deceit. He must have been a very forthright guy, and Jesus just saw him, so he's like, how, did, how, how does he know me? And Jesus said, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. So it was a season in Nathaniel's life when he thought nobody was watching, nobody yeah. was there, and he obviously had some introspective moment with God, and then he meets Jesus, and Jesus said, I saw you when you were under that tree. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. what Jesus did for you in Psalm Yeah, 55. absolutely. And it just proved that you know God is omnipotent omniscient you know he's everywhere he is and it's just amazing to know you're never alone when you you might feel alone but that's just the work of the enemy Mm. trying to isolate you away from our creator yeah yeah i you know i started the young life ministry in our my college days and three and a half years into it no kids had come to christ i was worn out i was discouraged i thought that um, god absolutely had the wrong guy And I was not cut out for this ministry thing. And um, I was going to take some kids repelling on Saturday morning. 
So I woke up about 6 a.m. I just picked up reading where I left off. It was Galatians 6.9. And it said, Do not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Mm. I mean, it might as well have, have been as if Jesus spoke that to me audibly. So mm-hmm. I took him at his word, and at the end of that semester, we had a great harvest. A ton of kids came to Christ. That's beautiful. Be in the word. Be in the mm-hmm. word. It's your lifeline. There's something supernatural about the word of God. All right, Jolyn, mm-hmm. let me hear your thoughts. Philippians chapter 2. Interestingly, by the way, Philippians is known as the book of joy. Yes. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. Paul wrote this from prison, mm-hmm. the book of joy from prison, the book of joy written from a place of suffering. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others better than yourselves. What does that have to do with joy, counting others better than yourself? That sounds a bit depressing. I know, right? It can. I think that that's just really emphasizing that we are all here to serve other people. And if we humble, if, if we think we're above them, then we can't serve them. So part of it is is that humbling ourselves. Yeah. And and if I have this correct, um, you know, Paul was in prison, but he also was chained 24-7 to his guard. Yes. And they had to change out the guards every six or eight hours or so. So that, because, you know, he was literally chained to them. And he saw that as an opportunity to serve them. Wow. And that's why I love Paul's joy. It just gives me goosebumps. Because, like, sometimes (laughs) I'm like, that's my, where's Paul's joy? Where's your Paul's joy? You know, because sometimes it feels like we're chained to people and to things and to, you know, Mm -hmm. but we can... We're chained to them for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And he found the joy in knowing that he could help that person find their way into the kingdom. Yeah. In those eight hours that they were chained together. Yeah. Awesome. And so, so, so joy, Paul's joy was obviously not attached to circumstances. Otherwise, he, he would not have had joy. Right. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was hated. He was imprisoned. Um, obviously. His joy was not attached to his circumstances. His joy was attached to his relationship with Christ. So so there was a seed in his heart mm-hmm. that produced the fruit of joy. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to Galatians 5, mm-hmm. 22. What are your thoughts on this? The fruit of the Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit lives within us. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Kindness, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Mm-hmm. Thoughts about that? I think it's the roadmap. Yeah. I think it's the, you know, we're all looking for a PowerPoint presentation and it has bullets on how to experience God's love and to live in joy. It's those things. It's, am I kind today? Am I loving this person that I don't even know that's in line that just cut? Am I loving them? (laughs) Um, You know, am I in patience, right? We were talking about the young life, you know, situation and patience is... There's no instant gratification, right? That's happiness. When you get instantly gratified, that's happiness. And so I think it's kindness, love. Those are the virtues that we need to, of Christ-like character, that when you embrace that, if you really think, how could you not feel joy when you're loving people and you're kind and you're unconditional and you're patient? I just, 
it doesn't really matter what's going on. And actually, you see societies, I've studied societies all over the world mm -hmm. that experience more joy than our society and other very wealthy societies. Yes. And, you know, that's because they have this tribal love and connection and servitude for each other. Well put. That is the truth. The United States does the rest of the world and yet the United States depression yeah. suicide rate is higher mm -hmm. why is that it's because we've we've bought into a lie that our our, our our happiness must be related to our circumstances and even with circumstances that oftentimes provide ease comfort and convenience there's just no joy right but through our relationship with Christ esteeming others is better than ourselves we have an incredible amount of joy. So, um, Jolyn, say there's a person watching right now, and I think there is, whose heart has lost their song. They don't have joy, and they're sorrowful, and they're thinking, can, can my heart really have joy again? I would just like to say to that person, reach out to Jolyn, shoot her a message, yeah. ask her to be friends with you, and, um, and we would just like to pray for you right now. And let's just do that. And Father, we just pray right now for anybody whose heart has lost their song, who feel like their best days are behind them, and whose happiness has evaporated into thin air because what they pursued didn't provide anything substantial. You are our joy, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. And we pray in Jesus' name right now that you would lift this person's heart. Expel the darkness. Let your light shine into them and fill their heart with joy. And let their heart beat with joy through your presence. Mm. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you know, Jolene, what, what, one of my very favorite stories is about this mouse that wanted to, to walk across a bridge and mm. make it rattle. Yeah. So he walks across and he jumps up and down, but the bridge doesn't rattle. And he's just depressed about that. And he goes over and he sits under a tree and he sulks. Then he sees an elephant meandering along. Mm -hmm. And the mouse tells the elephant, where are you headed? And the elephant says, I'm going across the bridge. And so the mouse says, you, you, you mind if I come along? And the elephant said, that's fine, <laughs> come along. And so the mouse and the elephant walk across that bridge. Mm -hmm. And the bridge just thunders. And the mouse looks at the elephant and says, wow. We sure can make this bridge shake, can't we? That's right. I and love that story. <laughs> that's, that's the way it is with my relationship with Christ. It's walking with him that brings the joy in my heart. And it's walking with him that brings the fruitfulness of, of, of just anointing and ministry and strength and energy and this love and others orientedness that you spoke of. It's walking with Jesus, not serving him in, relation, in, in religion, but walking with him in relationship that brings this joy. Hmm. So would you share with us just how you go about on a daily basis, your relationship with Jesus that hmm. invites this greater strength with you and this greater joy? I think it's this awareness of, you know, if you had, well, a lot of us, you know, we have, well, we were obviously here because we have parents or we wouldn't be born. Okay. So obviously, but you know, if you have a relationship with your parents, for instance, 
do you want to keep an eye on them? You know, especially mine are, are older now. They're elderly. And so I'm constantly checking with my parents. Are you okay? How's it going? Like, I don't lose connection with them because it's important to me. And you have to have that same level of awareness, spirituality. And you can usually, spiritually, you can usually feel when you're distant from God or light when your heart hurts. Well. For me, that's a symptom. My heart hurts. And so, and I'm sure as many of you in the past months and especially the last few weeks, I felt my heart hurt. Yeah. And I wondered what could, I had this awareness of what is pulling me away because when I'm with God, my heart feels good. Mm -hmm. It makes the hair on my arms stand. It gives me goosebumps. It's like this elatedness. And so I would say be really aware of a few things. So this is what I felt called to talk about driving over here is be very aware of the pull of chemicals, some substances. Because when you are in a, when you're using alcohol or any other drugs to numb your pain, numb your past because your heart hurts, you're, I hate to break it to you, you're still going to have to face the the truth at some point. And that's what I did. I drank for 20 some odd years to try to cover up my pain. And I still had to face it. But when I faced it with God, I knew that I could overcome it. And so be aware that these substances are pulling you away from the light and not towards the light. Number two, be aware of this, of the news and the media and things that don't make you feel good. If they don't make you feel good, you're being hypnotized. Your brain, the words are being put in your brain. So I tell people, guard the door to your mind. Mm -hmm. So watch what you're watching and listening to. And so now a lot of us are at home and we're watching the news and you got to change the channel. This is your channel. Wow. And and then thirdly, I would say be very careful about isolation because the enemy uses isolation to keep us away Mm -hmm. from the light, to keep us from speaking and uses our silence and takes our voice away. And we have inner critics. We've talked about it. You know, my inner critic shows up every single day. Every minute of the day, every time I'm about to go live on Facebook, anytime coming here, my inner critic was like, what do you have to say? I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to hear that. And so I have to say, I have to, that's all about the JoLynn show. But if I want to show up for you, I have to speak. And so if you have a past, a trauma, a pain, if you speak it and talk to people, you will feel better. Wow. That is tremendous. <laughs> Got your wow. notes? <laughs> I do. I do. And I just want to, I, I want to go back through these points. Um, first of all, if your heart has lost its song and you feel like your best days are behind you, listen, JoLynn just gave a testimony about how going to chemicals, going to substances, going to an escapist sin, it doesn't solve anything. In fact, it decreases your coping ability. Isn't that ironic? It doesn't solve anything. It decreases your coping ability, and it makes the monster that you face twice as, twice as large. So turn from that, turn to Christ. Let Christ be your escape. On that, what would be some steps, JoLynn, to turn from the habit of chemicals, of uh, addictions, of an escapist sin? What would, be, uh, what would be some wisdom to turn from those things? Mm. Well, I mean, I was in a similar situation where 
I was drinking an entire bottle of vodka a night. And, you know, God blessed me and made my liver sick. And so I had to quit because I was either dying or or stopping drinking. But what I realized is that the the chemistry of alcohol is a depressant, right? And so the more... And, and so it just perpetuates your situation. So I would say one of the things I love is I love writing letters. It's a way of just expressing yourself instead of holding it all inside. And so write yourself a letter. You know, write, write your future self a wow. letter. Wow. And commit to your future self, who you, who you are becoming, because this is the journey. We're all in this journey of who God wants us to become. So if you're not where you are, are where you were, you know, we're never done. Yeah. We're always baking. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the slow cooker. But, um, and, and so what I say is write yourself a commitment letter. What do you commit to your future self? And then how is that future self going to serve the kingdom? Wow. And if you, the, the reason why we drink and we get caught up is because we're still in the past. Wow. And the key thing about joy is it's not found in, in the past. Wow. It's found in the present. Wow. By being right here, right in this wow. moment with you, you know, with your, your team and with the people watching now, it's right here. And so if you're drinking because it's usually a, you're covering up something from your past pain, then you're, 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 you're intentionally, so you have to tell yourself, do I want to intentionally destroy my joy today? It's the meaning you give it. Don't do it passively. Mm-hmm. So it's about having intention. Well, you know, the most difficult season of my life, I, uh, I started, I'm the pastor of Hope Works, right? So I started a Sunday night prayer meeting for the sole purpose of praying for me. <laughs> and, you know? But, but the Lord carried me through it miraculously. You know, and yes. that's just a step of humility. And, and God is, God is, he, he, he's drawn, he's irresistibly drawn to humility. And so right now, even mm-hmm. with a glass in your hand, would you just say, oh, Jesus, help me? And would yes. you set it aside? And would you reach out to me mm-hmm. for a friendship? Yeah. Would you reach out to Jolene? Would you come to church? Would you let us circle around you and pray for you? Would you do that? There mm-hmm. is freedom in Christ. That's right. That's right. You can be free. Jesus set you free for freedom's sake. You don't have to live a second longer in bondage. Um, yeah. And I believe that we, when we find, when we tap into this joy, it's this reservoir. It's this, it's like this reservoir of untapped potential. I like to say, there's a gentleman named Sean Aker. He has a book and psychological studies around happiness and the advantage of happiness because science can only, science can only talk about happiness because they can measure it. Wow. But joy is immeasurable. Wow. Indescribable and full of glory. Right, says. exactly. And so you have to ask yourself the question, is this activity I am doing in this moment from God or from the enemy? Mm-hmm. And when you make, it's about consciously answering that question. And I don't know how you could pick up that glass of wine knowing that that's the work of the enemy. Wow. Because it's, God wouldn't want you to, to be in the past. Wow. He wants you Right here. Yes. Yes. I love what you referenced about our mind. Listen, guys, if you've had an absence of joy, so many people have said, I am just in a funk. Solid, mature believers, dear friends of mine, 
I am just in a funk. Ask yourself, are you spending more time in the news than you are in prayer? Are you spending more time in the news being fed information than the Word of God being fed spiritual food that nourishes your spirit of joy to grow? Isolation, Jolene. When, when our heart has lost its song, and we start looking behind us rather than walking with Christ in the present, letting Christ love through us in the present, looking ahead to the promises of God, we tend to isolate ourselves. Mm-hmm. When our heart has lost its song and we start looking behind us, we tend to isolate ourselves. That's a, a natural tendency, not a spiritual tendency, and it's not wise. Um, how would you encourage somebody to take steps out of isolation? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of a... Oddly enough, an introvert. So I, I think I, I don't know. Some I so I have to be really careful about isolation. I can kind of it's a slow, it kind of creeps in mm-hmm. really slowly. Um, first off, you can't help yourself and you can't help anybody if you're in bed all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my go-to, and so you have to muster up the strength to. Find a way to help someone else. Wow. Because when you're in bed, and I, because I'll have this fall over me, because now I'm this mm-hmm. spiritual warrior, so the enemy's after me 24-7. Yeah. And I am waiting for it. I am ready for it. And so when I go, want to go curl in bed and be kind of depressed and sad, then I go, wait, if you're here, you're not out there. Mm-hmm. And our calling is our calling is to spread joy. You can't spread joy under your goose down, <laughs> hung over with some wine <laughs> or drinking it. <laughs> so the idea is it's all perspective. So when you go into isolation, the enemy has convinced you that you're the only one in the world that's suffering right now, that you're the only one that has got this big tragedy that has fallen on you. So get perspective. Get a worldview. Wow. One of my best mentors told me, don't be where... You were, be where the world is. And so go look and find, like, where can I serve the world? Who else is in pain? You're, I guarantee you, you'll find there's seven plus billion people on the planet. You know, plenty of people who are oh in more gosh. pain. That is the truth. Mm-hmm. I sensed cognitive dissonance in my mind through decisions, uh, a heaviness in my heart through responsibilities and burdens. And recently, and yesterday, I just went back to uh, some areas of Fort Worth, Texas, um, Polytech, Stop 6, and just began sharing the love of Christ with some of these inner city kids. And you want to know something? Joy rushed back into my heart. Absolutely. 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 And it's those random acts of kindness. That's why, you know, they talk about, you know, even if buying your, I, I get joy from buying a coffee or letting someone in line in front of me or just doing, like, I like it when people go, what, why are you being so nice to me? You, you know, and so that's just getting outside of yourself. And that's what a great thing. And I know one thing you love is being out in nature. For sure. And yeah. we didn't well, quite but, touch on that, but, mm-hmm. you know, go out, you know, and be still. Because God can be found in nature. And I love to tell people um, to go out in gratitude, like this immense gratitude, and and just love and appreciate every leaf, every flower, every petal, the brightness of things. And I remember one time I called you from Disneyland because I was awake. And I came back, and you're like, wow, you're awake. I said, everything was so vibrant. 
because I chose to see it that way. Yeah, and I, I, I want to be sure that we talk about with our time left inner critics that you mentioned mm. that's so profound. Um, in Scripture, there's a word called condemnation. And Jesus said, be certain of this much. If you sense that condemnation, if an inner critic is kicking you, Jesus said, that's not me. Amen to that. He said, don't mistake that for me. I have not come to condemn. Mm. In fact, he said about Satan that uh, night and day he that's accuses. Right. That's what he does. He yes. accuses. Night and day. He accuses with lies. He accuses with the truth of uh, where we were, but God has cleansed that and, and forgiven that, and yes. he tries to dig it back up. So Jesus responded to his condemner mm. with the truth. Every time Satan opened his mouth, Jesus threw truth into his mouth and said, mm. it is written, it is it written. It is written, it, it is, is written. written. Yeah. That's right. That's how would you how, how do you how do you advise that we that we counter the inner critic with the truth? Well, you have to be aware that it's there. So the number one thing is to be aware of when those voices come in. Don't let it be an accident that your inner critic has showed up for the party. Mm-hmm. I like to call it your roommate. <laughs> you know, and when you were in college, if you had a roommate that talked to you poorly and degraded you and demeaned you, would you have con- like signed another lease with that person? No. But for some reason, we let the same roommate, which is, you know, our our uh, the enemy, I guess. You know, yeah. what one pastor one time told me, you have the enemy here and you have God here. And you just have to, what ear am I going to listen yeah. out of? And, and so I think it's about, it's not about resisting it. It's not about fighting it. Wow. And I think it's about allowing it and, and then and, and saying, I hear you, but I choose to hear what God would say to me. Yeah. Because if you fight it, mm-hmm. then more will come. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. It, it, and then the other thing is back to meaning. I like to say when the inner critic shows up, that is a sign. That resistance is a sign that I'm leveling up. And so there are a lot of people out there, you're in the trenches, you're in pain, but I'm here to tell you that they're the greatest warriors of life of, and light face the greatest pain. And when you, 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 you overcome that, is, that's who you're becoming. That's, that's, the, that's the call in sharing that testimony. You know, that's turning your test into your testimony, your mess into your message. And so I, I always say, okay, well, is this an opportunity to turn my mess into my message? Amen. Israel was about to go into an incredible battle. Joshua, the leader, told his army and the people, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm. This is our strength, the joy of the Lord. Guys, don't live another day without the joy of the Lord. This is your strength. I know what it is to wake up in the morning is a, is a challenge and just making it to the end of the day was the goal. Yeah. God has so much more in store for us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. A divine momentum that lives through us, loves through us, fights for us. And if God is for us, who can be against, against us? us? That's right. Amen. I, I mentioned the, uh, the mouse wanting to make the bridge rattle. He couldn't do it, but when he walked with the elephant, the bridge rattled. And so right now, just tell Jesus, I'm tired of doing this alone. I can't. But I believe that you can through me. So maybe you're a Christian that needs to return to Christ and say, I'm going to start 
turning to you and walking with you. I'm going to come out of isolation. I'm going to come out of my escapist sins. I'm going to kick the inner critics. I'm going to believe your truth. Or maybe it's time that you become a Christian. You've heard enough about Christianity. You've read enough books about Christianity. You've gone to enough church meetings. Now it's time that you become one and call out to Jesus Christ to be saved. And his spirit will enter you. And that is the seed of joy that will flow out of your heart. Jolynn, closing thoughts? Uh, Well, first off, thank you so much for this opportunity to address your audience and to share this message of joy. You know, I, I am... There were times when I would have thought I was the least worthy person to be sitting here. And I guarantee you that there's probably a hundred people saying, who's that? I know her. She's not. What is she talking about? But what I've experienced is supernatural. And I want you to know that this supernatural miracle is waiting for you. And I'm not any different than you. And that's what I really want you guys to know is that Shane and I, we're just normal people. And we've been through a lot of pain and we, we just want to help and, and usher you into that light. So thank you for, for having us and listening. And we know that God is faithful. So if you live in the, uh, the greatest city, Fort Worth, Texas, We'll see you Sunday morning at Hope Works as we continue our series, The Experiential Names of God, 9.30 a.m. drive-in church or 11 a.m. in-person worship service. If you live in the second greatest city, Los Angeles, reach out to Joe Lynn about an awesome place to worship with believers. We love you and hope you have a wonderful night. If we could pray for you personally, we would be so honored. Reach out to us. God bless.